Stupid Fantasy Football Show. I am Tim, here today with Adam. What's up, Adam? Hello. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, great. <laughs> why is it so great? Why is it so great, you're supposed to ask? Sure, why is it so great? I'll play along. Oh, because I am the champion of the Tyler Perry Fantasy Football League. That's uh, old news by now. We're recording this on <laughs> February 9th, 2024. No, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into the Super Bowl. It is, of course, the Friday before the Super Bowl, so we got to talk some Woo! Super Bowl uh, and, and maybe some fantasy uh, coverage as well, some off-season coverage, uh, maybe, maybe some value talk, some 2024 value uh, talk. Sure, sure. I think that could be fun. All right, but first, let's start with your title. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. It was a magical run for you. Yeah. It was nice. End, end of story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the last three years I've won my division and I've had the bye. And the last two years I lost right after the bye. Mm. And I think a little bit that was my team. Both those teams were kind of like limping into the playoffs. Um, and then I also, I think both those years had a pretty, like, important injury to, like, a big player on my team where it was, like, hard to recover from. I remember one year, it might have been Jonathan Taylor, and I just couldn't, I just didn't have good running back depth enough yeah. to uh, replace that kind of production and just kind of petered out. But this year, really rode uh, Tyreek Hill, CeeDee Lamb. Those were my MVPs. Um Hertz, even though he did not have the greatest year in real football, still very productive. I think he was a top three quarterback in most leagues. Yeah. Uh, he was great. You know, Jonathan Taylor was, you know, didn't start the year, then got hurt again, but came through in the playoffs. I traded for Pacheco. He looks like a potential keeper. Hmm. Um, yeah, just kind of all clicked. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad. Now, what title number is this for you? Oh, here we go. Three. It's three. <laughs> no, it's okay. You're. It's only second to me. That's all. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Six, I'm, six I'm, hey, 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 you're catching you know, up. You, you've I'm cut the up. cut the lead in half. So uh, mm -hmm. I got I got my work cut out for me. Mm -hmm. um, well, congratulations, sincerely. Um, it's it. I do take the blame for not doing a show since. December or early January, whenever that I think happened. There was one, I will say, I think there was one that was actually on me. Yeah. Uh, but most of it was on you. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it been a bit of a stressful month over here, um, but uh, working through stressful. it. Yeah. Everything yeah. okay? Yeah. Everything's okay. Um, just work stuff, really. Uh, oh. oh, but you, you did. Know. You said you had COVID pretty bad, too. I did have COVID uh, a few, uh, two or three weeks ago. Yeah. That was pretty oh. bad. I was out. Out down for the count for like two straight days, but it was like amazing how it was like for almost forty eight hours exactly that I felt terrible. But other than that, I was like fine. It was like it's like forty eight hours on the dot. I was just taking Tylenol and really fine. But yeah, anyway. yeah. 
Yeah, my buddy like stopped having symptoms really quick and then had it for like two weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's kind just kept of on a... testing positive. Yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of sucks. Okay, so we were talking about Pacheco. Um, what? Where do you think his value is? His value in the last like month or so seems to really have risen. I think feel like a lot of experts and um, even the Chiefs uh, have kind of realized how much he can be used and how good he actually is. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know. Where do you think he gets drafted in uh, in drafts come August? I think he's got to be in that second, third round range, right? Yeah, I was going to say third or fourth. Yeah. I think he's, I mean, I think the reason I would go that high is because he started to catch the ball and do it well and really yeah. succeed as a pass catcher. You mean, you mean to, I mean, Kelsey's another year older last year, even though he's still had another amazing season. He's starting to show his age a little bit, you know, yeah. and he's not the, he doesn't command all the touchdowns. I now, you know, Rashi Rice gets touchdowns too. He's been really great. Um, but Mahomes is going to be there at least another five, seven years. And then, you know, Andy Reid will probably be there at least another year or two. Um, so you're looking at these these position players in an offense that's just going to be awesome, usually. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. that awesome this year, but those guys – uh, Rice and um, Pacheco and Kelsey still all had really solid years. Yeah. No, you're right. I think Rice is only getting better. Um, I think that's another interesting question on where he would get drafted next year. I heard some experts talking like, you know, second round or something like that. But I mean, I don't yeah. know. As long as Kelsey's still there, you know, there is a cap on him. He's the great. I like him as a player with Mahomes. That's great. But I really do think the they found success this year in doing that kind of thing that the Eagles did, where it's control the clock, control the amount of possessions. And the way you do that is having a strong running game. I think with the Eagles, their offensive line got banged up. And, you know, Swift isn't the type of running back that Pacheco is. He's not a three-down back, and they didn't really have that. And I think you kind of need that to be successful with controlling the clock, controlling the game flow. And I think if the Chiefs finally have that in Pacheco. And they have a great offensive line that's pretty young. I mean, even when Edward Solaire goes out there, he looks really good running. So yeah. I think it's the team thing. And I think when you have a system running back like that, that's pretty valuable. Mm -hmm. I think so. And I think they're starting to they obviously trust him as a three-down back. They, especially they with the have... Yeah, they definitely have uh, seemed to have given him more carries lately and sort of maybe, you know, it's gotten colder. I think, you know, this is something kind of Belichick had done for years, too. You kind of start relying sure. on the run the later the season gets. And it's always um, going to be cold. It's always going to get cold. It's always, That's always going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. And, he's and seen, he he did get injured. He was out for a game or two, but it seems like he's pretty durable. Yeah, he does seem durable. He did have some injuries this uh, this season, um, but uh, yeah, he also runs really hard and is like not someone that you'd imagine is very fun to tackle. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, no, and and people have a hard time doing it, and um, yeah, 
I think he definitely has grown in value. I think he's a guy that if you're in a keeper league, definitely worth keeping, especially because running back, as we've seen every year, it's like, oh, well, there's going to be all these rookies and you know, there's all these guys that could be great. And then every year by, you know, week 10, you're like, man, I have no depth in running back. There's no one on the waiver wire running back wise. Um, it's a tough position. And yeah, it is. I, yeah, I think, I, yeah. As much as I think, you know, obviously, especially in PPR leagues, wide receivers are more valuable. It's just a deeper position. And there's yeah, guys. Yeah, but the top guys are, are the top guys. The the top like twenty receivers are more valuable than like the, you know, running backs ten through twenty. Sure, you know, sure, you know I mean? sure. That's why it's important to have one or maybe even two of those top ten guys in your running back fold. Um, and then if you can also have an elite wide receiver or two, I would say as many elite wide receivers as you can is the, yeah. is really the name of the game because they score more too. Sure. Sure. I mean, I saw that this year. I mean, obviously, you know, with Hill and lamb, that was awesome. Um, and I had Nico Collins too, who was just awesome. Another guy that's maybe a fringe keeper. Yeah, I was going to ask you about a teammate of his. Oh, not Nico, um, but uh, Puka Nakua, a team. I don't know why I confused Nico and Puka, but um, what do you think about Kyron Williams? Where does he get drafted next year? What's his value? He's got to be maybe like at the high side, end of first, you know, beginning of second. And then maybe if you can get him at the end of the second round, I think that's great value, especially if you have like the first pick in your draft and you pick one of those elite wide receivers like Justin Jefferson or Lamb or Hill or one of those guys, and then you can have Kyron Williams as your running back one. That's yeah. pretty nice. Or even running back two, you know, if you had if you lasts to the end of the first round, you know, or end of the second round. Yeah, I don't think you'll see me doing that a lot this year. Maybe I'll go for one high end running back, but uh, I'm gonna be taking shots at uh, a couple of receivers. I think strategically sure. I think it's smart i think it's smart yeah. but the one thing i will say is down the road when you're in leagues that require two running backs it can get tricky and it, it like unless you have like a guy like hill and lamb you know and an eco collins you have three guys that are going to score over 20 points for you then maybe that second running back doesn't make as much of a difference but when you get to the end of the year, it's nice to have that second running back scoring, you know, 12 to 15. It's nice to not have a real decision to make, I think, as well. Um, like clear decisions, I think, is, sure. is a good thing, even, sure. even if you're playing matchups a little bit. Sure. When I think that's one also one of the advantage of having two top 10 running backs is yeah. that you don't have to think about drafting another one for a long time. Yeah, but otherwise, I, I disagree in that I feel like a number two running back is generally available on the waiver wire every week. Uh, I don't know about that. In a PPR league? I mean... I don't have the stats to back this up right now. Yeah, but... I think that's I think that's a little... I mean, there's definitely guys you can start. Um, mostly, they're going to be the one... B guy on the team, or they're going to be in there because someone got hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, but well, Pacheco I, was like a he was like a number two running back this season during the season, yeah. But he's, you can never he's get better now, but 
you could never get him off a waiver. So he was drafted in every league. Right, right. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, you know, he wasn't like an automatic starter either. You know what I mean? I get that. I get that. Yeah, but then you're you're leaving a lot up to chance, I guess. You know, and I I, I agree with what you're saying. I think in redraft leagues, I would take your strategy. I think in a keeper league where you can keep like three or four guys, like I'm not morally opposed to keeping two running backs. If you know, they're going to be top tens. Yeah. I'm not morally opposed to it either, but I, I think um, it might be dicier with feeling like, you know, for sure who's going to be top 10. Sure. Especially at running back position. There's so many injuries. There's yeah. yeah. Um, I think you have to obviously take guys that, you know, if they're going to be healthy, they're almost definitely going to be top 10. You have to, yeah, it has to be those type of guys. Mm -hmm. I think, and I think Pacheco is one of those guys. Yeah, no, I think he's good. I think, you know, he, uh, especially the way that Kansas city has been playing, he's been really likely to score touchdowns, you know, and, uh, is gonna, I think have some luck in that department in the super bowl as well. Um, I'd say, you know, he's one of the most likely guys to score for sure. What's his, uh, anytime touchdown. I believe it's around like plus 100, plus 110, somewhere in that range. Not terrible. What about first touchdown? Uh, I don't know. It might be like plus 600, somewhere in that range. I'd I have like to that action. On that one. I like that action. Out of yeah. both those teams, wouldn't you say he'd probably be most likely to first score? Maybe. I I got Kelsey for that one. I also got McCaffrey. I think that's all. Yeah. I've but done. those odds are probably lower, not as good. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about if we're looking at a plus 500 or more, I want to go Pacheco. Well, I think I think Kelsey was like I want to say plus 500 or or maybe oh okay that's plus not 700. Yeah, I don't know. Oh wow, but okay. McCaffrey was like probably plus three and a half or something like that. That's still not terrible. Yeah, but I feel t- like on the nose. Yeah, you know, McCaffrey. If if the league is fixed, they wouldn't let that happen. So. It's not fixed, um, but. You know, it's the last game, so the players score. the The superstars show up. You know, I what's think Debo that's, at? What's Debo at? Debo's around around even money too, um, to score a touchdown. I think he might have been like the fourth, the fourth. No, best. for a first touchdown. Oh, for first touchdown, I don't know. I'd gotta, I'd have to look. What are we doing here? All right, let me let me open my app here. I'm I'm finally talking about bets. We're away from fantasy, <laughs> and you're here stumbling. Well, for Christ's sake, you're asking me all this info that you could find yourself. What? <laughs> you could find this shit. I could. I don't want to. Okay. You're more. You're. You have like it bookmarked and stuff. I don't. <laughs> I don't even well, know I where got, to go. I got. Some I don't know bets where to, to get you know over. Go. Okay. I'm not betting over here. <laughs> All right. First TD score, Christian McCaffrey plus 400. Okay. Pacheco, Pacheco plus 650. Kelsey okay. plus 700. Okay. Debo plus 850. Ooh, I like that Debo action. I put a lot of Debo uh, money out there on his uh, receiving and rushing. Much, so if, I, if I put 100 bucks on Debo to score the first touchdown, what would I win? You'd win eight hundred and fifty dollars. Oh. That's not as much as I thought. <laughs> See, I don't bet. I don't bet. I don't know how it yeah. works. Well, that's okay. Um, first, how about first and last 
I don't know. I've heard of people doing that. Someone hit that Ooh. on. Uh, what about D O Debo first Pacheco last? Ooh, I like that action. Okay, let me see that because these odds seem to tend to be kind of kind of wild, in a good way. Well, it's basically like a two-player parlay. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're longer odds because of the first and last, the randomness of first and last. Wow. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, so you get uh, fifty-five to one. For Debo first, the Pacheco last. Correct. Yeah. So if you put a hundred on that, you'd get five thousand six hundred dollars. See, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, in theory, it's pretty good because only two things need to happen. Yeah, but it's yeah, and I would almost now that I've been thinking about it, I'm already second guessing myself, thinking maybe Pacheco first, Debo last. I think that would be the way to go, depending on what you think is going to happen in the Super Bowl. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? I, I honestly don't know. I honestly do not know. I think if I were to bet on it, I would bet on the Chiefs because they're the underdogs and because they have Mahomes. I mean... Um, yeah, but the but, underdog points aren't enough. It's like plus two, so it's not really... Well, I it really mean, doesn't matter. Throw, it might as well be a If I were to it. throw it into a parlay, you know, it would it would help. So Two points, but, uh, yeah, yeah I'd I mean, take the money line. Better than negative two points. Just take the money right? line. I mean, I agree with you. I think the Chiefs have the experience. Um, I think the Niners didn't look great down the stretch. And Purdy yeah, I mean, they already almost looked. The yeah, and Purdy already looked shaky the last like month, six weeks. Um, Mahomes is has full confidence out there in what he can do. And sure. uh, his defense is amazing. Steve Spagnolo is the unsung hero, by the way. Oh, I 100% agree with that. I mean, I've been saying it. My buddy's a Chiefs fan. I've been saying it, and he agrees. Like, this whole year, it's the it's the defense that's been winning them games. The offense yeah. is not that great most of yeah. the year. But um, now, that, now that they know how to play with the defense that they have and that they don't have to score, like, 34 points a game, they can just, like, choke a team out and score 20. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that's what and that's what they did with I mean, well, the Bills were able to score on the defense a little bit more and it, they just it was just one of those things where the Chiefs just scored last and they won, you know. Yeah. That was a great game, yeah. Yeah, it was a great game, but yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, the defense has been pretty good. I mean, I don't think they've gone against the team. I know Purdy's not Josh Allen obviously, but I don't think they've gone against a team that has the set of playmakers. I mean, I don't think any other team has a set of playmakers like the 49ers. I mean, McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, um, you know, it's just on and on and on and their offensive line is really good. I mean, just it's it's a different beast when you're dealing with a guy like Debo. You know, you're not tackling I mean who who on Buffalo is even comparable to that wide receiver wise. And then they also have a Ayuk on the other side. Yeah. No, they got a lot of weapons to, uh, to deal with. Yeah. And I, I don't think, I think Purdy did get rattled, but he settled down. He looked a lot better in the second half of the NFC championship. You know, he looked like he kind of fell into a little bit of a, but he doesn't have to do a ton. You know, yeah. he's not he's not expected to shoulder the complete load. I mean, especially with uh, McCaffrey out there. I mean, when you have a guy like that, it, it really makes your job a lot easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Spags is the, <clears throat> pardon me, 
and Spags was the defensive coordinator for one of the Giants' runs, and uh, when they beat the mm-hmm. Patriots and shut down Tom yeah. Brady and, and, and yeah. everything. So, I mean, I really just feel like this this guy's going to shut Purdy. No, maybe not shut him down, but definitely That's, Purdy's going to make a mistake or two. Purdy's been throwing sure. like interceptable passes every I agree. game. I mean, they they blitz a lot, they make it tough, yeah. but like once again, the team that they shut down Brady, you know what kind of weapons did he have? I mean, th- these guys are different where they can create with just a small little dump pass. And, you know, all of a sudden McCaffrey has 25 yards or Debo has, you know, 40 yards to the house. Like these are guys that you don't need to do much. So when you go blitz, these guys are left open with a little slant, with a little slant pass or a little dump off or whatever. Uh, I I don't know if you can completely do that constantly to this 49ers team. Well, the the weapons that you you referenced that the Patriots had when when Spagnuolo was defensive coordinator for the Giants were uh, it was it was Randy Moss, it was Wes Welker that, that he went against in '07, um, one of the best offenses of all time that they uh, that they oh stopped. he was there for the he, I see I thought he was there for the the second championship not no. the first yeah oh, the first. unbelievable yeah. Well, the, also, don't get me wrong, you know, they had, you know, a lot of, like, Hall of Fame. They had some Hall of Fame players on that yeah. team. Yeah, you and, know? The, and, the Chief, and the Chiefs. I don't want to take, take away from the Chiefs' defensive players, yeah, because they are playing great and, uh, and they're great. executing. Yeah. Sneed's really, really good player. He's an all. He's got to be, like, an all-pro. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. I mean, just because I think every every week people say that, like, oh, well, somebody's going to shut down Purdy. And even when they kind of do, San Francisco still goes and scores. Like, I mean, like, quote, unquote, like you could say, oh, Green Bay shut down Purdy. They still scored 30 some points. You know, it just mm. it's hard. It's hard to stop that team when they're fully healthy. Very, very tough. Um, and And Purdy is not that bad. No, he's, he's accurate. not bad. He's, he's accurate. He's, you know, seems to not really lose his composure. Um, yeah, I mean. He's not obviously not Mahomes. He's not, you know, doesn't have the experience. I agree. We got to. Yeah, go ahead. And go I ahead. could see, I could. I guess I could just see either team winning. I could too. I, I could too. I, I'm like 65% leaning towards the Chiefs. Um, I don't yeah, think it's a, a total slam dunk. It, it could I would say it's 60 for me. 64. Yeah, yeah. I think it could go either way. But it's definitely not 50-50. I really think no. the odds are skewed in a weird way uh, right now. And Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do you think it's because... Do you think there's any sort of rationale of like... There will be a lot of Raiders fans there cheering on, cheering against the Chiefs because it's a Raiders stadium, or because it's closer to San Francisco. No, I think it has more to do with the futures that uh, the future bets that people put on San Francisco um, because they were uh, bet all year long, I guess, and so those people aren't betting on the Niners now because they've already got their ticket. They're, they're hedging and, their bets, probably. Yeah, so so the sports books are kind of hedging their bets by trying to get people to to bet on the Chiefs. I see. Interesting. But just to even it out, so they don't take a beat. That makes if one sense. Team wins. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 It's going to be a good game. It's so interesting because I feel like 
so it's like two great teams. It's going to be a great game. And so many people couldn't be less interested, you know, because I just, maybe both teams aren't very likable for different reasons. Um, but I, so many people are like, yeah, you know, I'm going to watch it, but I don't, I don't care who wins. Yeah. I'm like, huh. I mean, I, I like, try not to, be, yeah, I try be, not to think about it during, like in the weeks leading up to it, but it's tough now. I feel like it's all anyone's talking about now. It's just, I don't get it. And it's for like things that aren't like a lot of times not even like really football related. Um, yeah. Like the I color just, of the Gatorade and stuff. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like why people don't care about either one of these teams. Like they like, you know, there's usually usually somebody you root for, whether it's the underdog or, you know, you're rooting against the team you don't like or, you know, somebody that's in your division or something like that. Like, I don't think I've ever seen it where it's such a good game in terms of two great teams and so many people could care less who wins and they just kind of want them both to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess I don't I don't feel that necessarily. I think the, the Swift, thing, the Swifty thing is a little Interesting. People are expecting a lot of uh, money on the Chiefs uh, this weekend. Well, yeah. I mean, th that it's like a whole different element to it. Like, there's all the people that are Taylor Swift fans that have become football fans. And then there's this element of, like, people who have now think that she is a plant by the federal government <laughs> to get people yeah. to vote for Biden. Yeah. And then in turn gets all these people to root for a team in San Francisco, which is very ironic. In, um, in Kansas City, you mean? Or? No, all these people who... Oh, oh the, the Kansas City people. because of Taylor Swift. Okay, you know, so they're rooting for San Francisco. They're rooting that's... for a team in San Francisco, which is just really, really funny. Okay, I see. Uh, yeah, well, that's kind of uh, bonkers. Yeah, that is a bonkers conspiracy theory. Um, but people well, believe it, and people like seriously look, like do not like well and then also people don't like the chiefs because of Mahomes' uh wife and because of Mahomes' brother um look, we're combining a, a, so many things with this with this theory i i've, I've ranted about this on on a, a different different show recently but oh see so you have time the, for that show part of the theory <laughs> part of the theory is that um taylor swift is going to endorse biden later this no. fall yeah Yes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. she already did that four years ago, so it's yeah, not I mean, like, like that's some you know also like, like fucking it, you're going on a limb with that one. Yeah, it's very clear that she's like a liberal person who's going to endorse whoever the Democrats you know yeah. lift up. But like, I yeah, I don't understand why there needs to be this added layer of conspiracy theory <laughs> like that. That like yeah, well, and then also and, some and, of it comes. Uh, some of it comes from the Taylor Swift camp too, of like this conspiracy theory that like all these conspiracy theories about uh, Travis Kelsey and just like, I mean, the other thing is like part of the, the conspiracy is that the chiefs are going to win. Um, but like they've already won two in the past four years. So again, you're not going out on a limb. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. this theory is, is bonkers because of how likely it actually is. But that's like, I don't know. I don't it's know. A, it's a weak conspiracy I think, theory. I think people literally have nothing to do in their own lives. So they just like get obsessed with 
thinking about things like this and getting active because there's always somebody to talk to about this kind of stuff on the internet. So they go to the internet and then they go farther down the hill or, you know, rabbit hole. (laughs) And, you know, it becomes, it goes from like, oh yeah, I think it's a fix to get the chiefs to win to it's a psyop, you know, uh, (laughs) Taylor Swift is a plant by the democratic party. Uh, Travis Kelsey is a robot. (laughs) Uh, no, like all this uh, bullshit. But like, I do think it has soured some football fans and not just the conservative, like, you know, get off my lawn football fans. Like, I think it's the fans that are just like, oh, you know, they're just all they're going to talk about is Taylor Swift. And, you know, I don't know. I just feel Whatever. like it's- there's a football game to be played. Of course, I'm not like that, but I've I've yeah. seen people who are just like there's just so much hoopla around that, and they don't they don't like either team. And there's you know, I don't know. I think there's a for some reason I always feel like the San Francisco 49ers, um, because they're on the West Coast, get hated on by a lot of like Midwest and East Coast team fan bases, and especially because San Francisco is usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I always feel like I feel like this is like the hater Super Bowl. Like everybody's just watching it to hate both teams or one team or the other team, and they're just gonna root. I'm just rooting for a good game, but I think these people are legitimately becoming fans of these other teams because they hate the other team so much. Right. Okay. Well, I guess so. I can see that happening a little bit. Um. All right. I want to go over some of my favorite bets this no. this Super Bowl. Here we go. Specifically, um. The Chiefs are still getting plus money on the money line. I mean, bet that until it's not until it's yeah, not you're, plus money. you're you're smashing that. Is that smash? I, I mean, absolutely. I'm parlaying it. I'm throwing it in almost every one of my parlays, which is a guarantee that they lose. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I also got. I'm just fading all your bets. <laughs> I also get Travis. I've been bet on a game all year. I'm just going to fade all these. <laughs> Travis Kelsey over his receiving yards, seventy. Which is. 70. 70 yards. Okay. All right. And him, Travis Kelsey, to score a touchdown. So part that parlayed is plus 480. That's not bad. That's some pretty good action. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I also like all those things individually. Okay. Um, but if you wanted to do, to like water that down a little bit, you got Kelsey at 50 receiving yards and the Chiefs plus four and a half. And that's minus one fifteen, so it's pretty close to even money. Okay, I like that. Um, let's see. But my favorite bet that I placed uh, is Chiefs money line and Oppenheimer best adapted screenplay parlay. <laughs> you, you excited about that one? I mean, hey, 50, 15 bucks to pay pays fifty six. Oh man! Come on, I, right? You, sh- I want to, I want to see you like after the first leg hits. I want to see you. I want like a live look in on you watching the the uh, Oscars. And then if Oppenheimer doesn't win, I want to see you like you know how like the mad like Cowboys fan like always like punches the. <laughs> <laughs> I want you like in all your Oppenheimer gear. <laughs> I'll be dressed like like uh, Killian Murphy with the hat yeah. and everything. <laughs> 
just rooting for best adapted screenplay. And it's like one of these random awards that's like the the fifth award given out. It's like not even not even one of the the last ones. It just best had adapted. some. <laughs> it had good odds. I only found it on DraftKings and FanDuel, and it was around minus 105, minus 110, or minus 115. I think it moved slightly on one of those books. Okay. All um, right. But it's best adapted screenplay. And so it's adapted from this like 700 page, historically accurate book called American Prometheus that Christopher Nolan took into his office and pumped out the, uh, the screenplay um, it, based on. So I don't know. I feel like, like that movie Oppenheimer is, is a huge favorite to win best uh, actor, best director, best yeah. uh, picture. I haven't and seen it yet. No, I haven't actually either, but it's such a huge favorite to win. <laughs> like it's not even worth betting. It's like minus. <laughs> of course, they. So it's like minus one. You know, it's like minus like eleven hundred to win Best Picture. So it's like not even worth betting to to win Best Picture. But it comes best on adapted yeah. screenplay. That's the ticket because he's up against the movie is up against Barbie. That's the second place, um, you know, by the odds, Barbie for oh, best yeah. adapted be screenplay. I mean, if Barbie wins best adapted screenplay, I, that's bad. There's no way they're gonna they're gonna give it to a toy because that that's the adaptation. It wasn't it's even it wasn't even written that way. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun movie. I, I you know, I, sure. I feel like it's a really fun movie. It's a but, movie about a toy, though. Yeah, it's a movie about yeah. a toy. It's a movie about a toy versus a book based on one of the most important moments in the history of uh, humanity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was made by one of the best filmmakers we've had. Of this uh, generation, for sure. Yeah, yeah, of this generation. So, like, I really feel like this is an absolute slam dunk. I can't believe the odds are close to even on that number. I've hit that um, pretty, I've hit that for like, I don't know, 50 bucks straight up on both of those books. Um, and I noticed it's a max of a thousand. I've been thinking about it. Honestly, I've been thinking about it. Um, but I feel like this is such a great way to do this. Just parlay it with the chiefs. <laughs> uh, I love it. That's, that's, that's great. That is great. Plus 273. Woof. Give it to me. <laughs> um, I even thought about uh, parlaying Oppenheimer best adapted screenplay with the Niners money line and sort of doing like an arbitrage thing. So you kind of win as long as that uh, Oscar bet hits. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it. I don't know. I've got a, I've got a lot of Debo. I've got a lot of Kelsey. Um, Yeah. I've got like $300 on the game, on the game. Not bad. Not too bad. It's on, on a lot of random stuff, like like those guys. A lot of parlays. Any weird props outside I of the outside, Oppenheimer? <laughs> outside of Oppenheimer, not really. I do have, uh, let's see, some Rashi Rice. Okay. I just really, I really hit the Kelsey um, and Chiefs money line thing pretty hard because I just felt like that was my, the my most question likely to thing. you is. Have you been looking into like the ratings 
San Francisco. I know I know San Francisco's defense hasn't really been that great in the playoffs, but have you looked at like their ratings against the tight end, against wide receivers and stuff like that? Yeah, sure, sure. It's been it was pretty good over the course of the year <clears throat> against the tight end, but um it hasn't been good lately. And yeah. I just think I don't know, it's just Mahomes and Kelsey. Like this people are saying this could be Kelsey's last game. Like I just don't think yeah, he's not going to show up. I don't up. think that's the case, but yeah, I I definitely think he's going to have a good game. Like I I would be shocked if he ends with less than 70 yards and no touchdowns. I would be shocked. I and if that too. happens, if that happens and the Chiefs aren't winning. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So that was kind of why I, par- I was fine parlaying those together cuz I thought yeah. I mean, was likely all these things make sense. Yeah. I took a couple of correct score bets. Uh, 27-24, Okay. Uh, with the Chiefs. I like those numbers. Um, I like yeah. those numbers. I thought this one was kind of good. The first quarter money line, or yeah, sorry. First quarter tie, full-time uh, winner, Kansas City. Okay. So that the first quarter the game's tied after the, at the end of the first quarter, but the Chiefs win the game. I uh, got McCaffrey first touchdown, Kelsey first touchdown, uh, Kelsey to score over two touchdowns, and the Chiefs to win plus a thousand. I thought that was all right. Um, this one I liked uh, Chiefs plus four and a half over forty and a half total points i thought that was pretty safe uh that's an alt line there mm-hmm. um i got some pacheco I, I like taking the alt lines for all the stars like i got pacheco over 40 rushing yards i feel like he'll do that easily uh, mccaffrey over 25 receiving yards debo over 40 receiving yards purdy over 210 passing yards i feel like that's all right I got a lot of that stuff. What do you think? I mean, I think it all sounds like, I mean, like we said, this is matchup is so even, like all that stuff could happen, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't think there's like any of it is like you're reaching for anything. Like, I don't like all of it is very realistic things that probably should happen, you know? Um, Yeah. yeah. The one thing I will say 49 and, 49ers defense this year only allowed four touchdown catches to tight ends all year. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, I think you got kind of got to throw it out a little bit in the, in the postseason. Um, sure. Laporta sure. had a, had a big game versus the Niners. And uh, so I don't know. Laporta is awesome. Laporta is really good. Where does he get drafted next year? Well, it's definitely a, I mean, I would assume top three, at least top three, if not top two tight end. I think he's number one. If Kelsey retires, he's probably the top tight end. I think he is number one. Kelsey only only had uh, a thousand receiving yards this year. He I, he's not the the juggernaut he he used to be. I don't think he's ever going to really be again. I mean, maybe not, but like I still think there's still hype there. Like if he doesn't retire and they like, oh, this is the last year, he could have a monster year. Who knows? I don't know. I think still just name recognition. I think Kelsey will probably be the first tight end drafted. But in terms of like this year and fantasy points, Laporta absolutely was the number one tight end. Yeah. Yeah. He was unbelievable. Yeah. He's really good. Um, yeah. 
yeah, I'm very excited about Laporta. Uh, what about McBride, Trey McBride for the Cardinals? I know we've texted a little bit about this player, and uh, yeah, I like I like him, but I do think there is a strong possibility that the Cardinals draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and I think that will definitely eat into his production because I think his production was mainly because Arizona just didn't have too many people to throw to. I think he's really good. And I still think if, you know, Kyler stays there, I still think he's like a good safety valve for Kyler. I think Kyler likes, obviously likes passing to him. Um, I think he could crawl into that top five. Um, I mean, well, I, I like Ingram had, Ingram had an amazing year in PPR. He had a ton of receptions. I don't see that changing a ton next year. Yeah, so I think maybe not. Maybe He's not. into that top five, probably. Eh, uh, maybe. Uh, so let me read the uh, the rankings from Fantasy Pros, the consensus rankings. Uh, so it is Laporta, number one, Kelsey, probably. number two, Andrews, three, McBride, four. And then it kind of separates it into a second tier. Kittle, Ninjoku, Evan Ingram, Dalton Kincaid is that second tier. And then you got Dallas Godert. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, who I read may miss the first month of the season with coming back from that injury. So maybe that's, that's why he's so why low. He's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Ferguson, Kyle Pitts. I like Ferguson. Me too. I mean, actually, that top 12 is pr- is pretty deep. I don't know if we say this every year, but it never really shakes out this way. But I feel like but it is pretty good. This yeah, this year, I mean, like all those guys were ser- definitely serviceable at the very least uh, across the board through through the playoffs. Um, yeah. I mean, I had Ferguson and Ingram, and that that combo was great. Um, yeah. Uh, I think both – I think, and I think that's kind of – we've always been like, Oh, you can always take these, you know, two guys at the end of the draft. I kind of like taking two guys kind of in the middle of the draft where, yeah, maybe you don't get the first couple elite guys, but you get an Ingram and a Ferguson or, um, well, Ferguson was a late, late run or, or a waiver wire guy this year, this year, but I'm talking about this next year. Um, or you get like an Ajoku and, uh, there's going to be other guys like that. I got her. Yeah, yeah. I like Goddard. But I think that's kind of, if you really want to nail that tight end position, I think that's kind of the way to go. I felt way more comfortable, especially going to the playoffs. And you can always trade for one going into the playoffs, but I just felt way more comfortable having two guys. Yeah. Even if I felt like, I think I played Ingram for most of those games. Um, You know, it still was nice having those two. Yeah. Um, all right, this, this is the part of the show where we talk about what the bears are going to do with Justin Fields and, uh, how this is going to affect DJ Moore, And if Roshan Johnson is someone fantasy gamers should maybe pick up on the waiver wire if they can in a keeper ish league, because realistically what's Khalil Herbert. I don't know. It's hard to really say. I think they are going to draft Caleb Williams. Yeah. Um, I think there's got to be a pretty big market out there for Justin Fields. Um, Atlanta, Kuyper, baby. Yeah, Mel Kuyper was under the impression that Atlanta would give up their first round pick for him. 
Oh, is that who they were talking about? I did hear the first round pick thing. I didn't hear yeah, that it was Atlanta. That's who Kuiper thinks Kuiper thinks that's a possibility, which man, I don't know. Like then the Bears have the first, the eighth, and the ninth pick in the draft. That's pretty nice luxury. And they could potentially take like Adunze, the wide receiver out of Washington, and then like Brock Bowers. They could have both those guys or the, there's a tackle from Penn State who might be there. I don't know. I think they're in a really great spot in terms of accumulating talent, whether they get the right guys after Caleb Williams. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think they definitely have, if they're going to get Caleb Williams, they have to invest in that offense. And I think they have a lot of cap space. So I think, yeah, I think if they get Caleb Williams and they spend a lot on the automated offense, I think DJ Moore can even be better than he was this year. Yeah, um, I think you're. I think you're potentially right. So yeah, it's kind of a hold on DJ Moore because you kind of got to see what the situation is. Sure. How much have you looked at Caleb Williams? Have you like watched his tape? Did you watch him in yeah. college? Where are you at with I, him as a prospect? I think- I mean, I I think he looks a lot like Patrick Mahomes at at times. Like, I mean, um, I don't know. I I I think a lot of people were hard on him because his actual college team, you know, his team USC didn't do well. But that wasn't all on him. Like, he had like one bad game against Notre Dame. But like, you could go back and look at Patrick Mahomes in college, and he's had he had some terrible game so i don't think you can read too much into that i think that he he is definitely has a potential to be a generational talent um i you listen to the scouts i mean there's a lot of people that say like in the past 20 years there's been nobody more talented than maybe andrew luck going into the draft Uh, so i think anytime when people are saying those sort of things you'd be foolish not to get him but you have to set him up to succeed and i think already having dj Moore there um their offensive line is starting to get a little bit better i think they need to invest in that in the off season um and i mean honestly like i have to go i want fields to go somewhere he can succeed too like i think it would be he'd be really fun on the falcons like that would be a great landing spot for him it'd be great for the falcons uh, it would be really annoying if the Bears lost to the Falcons in the playoffs <laughs> or something like that. Well, they may, um, they may end up playing each other. Yeah, I think the, the Atlanta is the perfect spot for Fields. And I, for the record, we were saying it last season too. We were yeah. see, we're, we're seeing this moment coming down the uh, the pipeline, sure. uh, seeing that the the, the Bears were going to face this crossroads. Um, yeah. And it seems like as a Bears fan, because like what, like six weeks ago, you guys were like chanting, keep fields. And now it's like, okay, well, it seems like they can get a lot for fields and uh, let's restart this con. And it's sure, not that hard of a decision. Long. Yeah. yeah. I, I think a lot of people in Chicago like fields as the person, as the teammate, um, even as a player at times. Um, yeah. But I think, and even though I think the offensive coordinator you know, really hindered his advancement and his production. There was just times where I'm like, why don't you throw it away? Or like, like decisions that were on him. And I think it became a little more apparent 
And then after losing to the Packers yet again at the end of the year, um, I think it was just, I think the, the fan base seeing also what they could potentially get for fields. And then also reading more, hearing more and more about Caleb Williams. I think more and more of the fan base is just like, okay, you don't get this chance a lot to potentially get, you know, a guy that can change your franchise for the next decade. Yeah. Uh, so and I think we're you not got it. sure. What you already, I mean, and I know Fields got a, he got a really shitty uh, card dealt to him. He's gone through different coordinators. Offensive line has always been pretty shit for him. He had literally no weapons until this year when he got DJ Moore. Um, and then Komet came to life this year. Um, but yeah, I just think that's how it shakes out as a fan. I, I kind of hope that's how it shakes out. Oh, if they could get Falcons pick. And then I could think at that point, if they could maybe talk to the Patriots or something like that and say, Hey, we'll give you the eighth and ninth pick. We want the three, third pick. And then they go out and get Marvin Harrison on top of Caleb Williams. I think. Oh boy. Here we go. You're then you're, then you're looking at something special there. <laughs> All right. Well, well the I, like Adunze. I like Adunze from Washington. I think if you pair him with DJ Moore, I think that combination is awesome too. And then they could also not even get a wide receiver in the draft. They could, you know, sign T Higgins. Right. Yeah. He's going to be out there. Uh, that's, that's a good free agent. Or they could, uh, Michael Pittman. They could sign Michael Pittman. Yeah. I think Ayuk is technically a free agent. I, I don't know that he's going to leave or, or what, but I feel like Ayuk's, value would uh you know like um i oh, feel like we haven't seen notice. his full potential because he doesn't get targeted that much yeah i i would oh pair him with dj Moore. yes please yes please yeah that would yeah be absolutely but i don't I mean, i'm not sure about his status free agent wise yeah he was a 2020 well, I know, rookie and I, I know t higgins and i know Pittman for sure yeah yeah he um, was in that same class but they might have extended him uh no I don't think so I think he's facing no. uh yeah he's facing no. potential free I, like I saw I feel like I didn't see him on a list I looked up. Well your list is fucking bullshit man. Okay all right all right. <laughs> okay. Uh all right well I don't know I'm pretty much out of props or anything I I have yeah. heard so many props this week that like I don't know I'm just like I'm pr- I'm kind of propped out at this point already I'm sure I'll probably place another bet but i'm serious about that oppenheimer one i don't know you may have to look right i would search search DraftKings or FanDuel if it's legal in your state if it's not use whatever book you can but i'm telling you that best adapted screenplay bet on oppenheimer is a good one if you can parlay that i didn't even know you could parlay this but i know i'll check FanDuel see if that's an option on FanDuel because maybe i hope so odds... free agent next year oh really okay but I'm maybe the odds are better um, on FanDuel, but I would, I don't know. I'd take a look at that. I'm thinking about parlaying that with, with a lot of anytime touchdown guys, see what happens. See what those are. I love this. I love that. You're, you're, you're encouraging people to, to do Oppenheimer parlays with the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, it seems like a, uh, it seems like a free boost. Free boost. When is, when is the Oscars? <laughs> I believe it's, March 10th. So, yeah. It's okay. Like... So, you have to wait a little while after the Super Bowl. <laughs> you have to wait a full month. Yeah. You have to wait a full month 
to yeah, sweat money, out that your, money, your money's going to be tied up for a full month and no guarantee of wins. If it loses to Barbie, like that would be the funniest shit. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like gonna watch the Oscars this year because I usually don't watch if I, if there's like not like a party to go to yeah. or you're like with food and stuff. Then I, if I don't watch at home, but if I will definitely watch it for that. And then if Barbie wins, I will cry laughing. No way, Barbie doesn't have a chance. I um, mean, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It was a poor. They're gonna movie. like. They're just gonna like come back from commercial. <laughs> We're like, oh, we just gave away the uh, the best adapted screenplay award. It's Barbie. <laughs> no, they're not even gonna televise it. Oh man, uh, no, well, I, I'm excited. Barbie, they'll definitely televise it. No, <laughs> Barbie's got best song and best production design. That's what Barbie's gonna win. Yeah, per the know. odds, they're like overwhelming favorites on both of those. Oh, the production yeah. design was amazing. And, yeah, and yeah. that's that, that song. I mean. Song's terrible. Song, it's whatever. But I thought it's the Billie uh, Eilish one. Oh, the Billie Eilish one, like the Ken, the Ken song. The Ken song is was funny, but like I don't know why that got nominated. But I don't know. Uh, he was great though. Yeah, he was funny. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was a fun movie. Yeah, it was fun. It was just yeah. yeah. I like the Dua Lipa song. Should not no. win. Best adapted screenplay. No, it's definitely not going to win best adapted screenplay. You heard it here first. Parlay it with anything. Parlay I even parlayed it. it with like some basketball, like over. Tonight. Yeah. Par- <laughs> well, let's see who's playing tonight. Who's- I, I did already. I parlayed it with. Uh, I don't even remember who. I used a who's boost. Hold on. I, I want to see. Out. I want to get in like a deep. Ooh, there's a Dayton VCU game. Ooh. Oh, I got that. I got Dayton plus two and a half. I used a boost on that. Oh, I was gonna say they're minus one and a half. <laughs> but I got I got Gary Trent Jr. <laughs> over fourteen points and rebounds parlayed with Oppenheimer best adapted screenplay at plus two twenty six. <laughs> That is the most. That's like one of the most degen bets I've ever heard. Gary Gary Trent Jr. over points and assists or points and rebounds. Points and rebounds over points and rebounds, and then Oppenheimer best adapted screenplay. Jeez, <laughs> oh man, that is that is really rich. That's a good one. Yeah, working on my bankroll for the Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> Trying to man. build that bankroll. Oh man! Oh, actually, I guess that's not even gonna pay out until long after. I don't know what I'm working on. <laughs> you know, I was like, none of these are cashing out. So, way after the Super Bowl, my. If it doesn't win, oh. <laughs> if it doesn't win, that's gonna be rough. I don't know. I'm already yeah. in it like 75 bucks. I'm probably gonna oh. go in it further too. Oh, I, you definitely are. <laughs> every night you're just gonna you're just gonna you're just gonna parlay everything with <laughs> Hey, I mean, honestly, I feel like it's a pretty good strategy. It's your All it's right. your own individual boost. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it is. Like, I don't know why the odds are, are saying yeah, I it's get only... it. Like, I guess if I thought I had a sure thing, I'd do the same thing. Why not? Yeah. I mean, the odds say it's a 50% chance of winning. Like, I feel like it's got like a 90% chance of winning. This is the, we know this is the <laughs> title of the episode Oppenheimer Best Adapted Screenplay. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's amazing. 
Uh, I'm so oh, I'm so invested in one thing in the in the Oscars this year. It's great. All right. Well, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. Let us know if you bet it. Um, I'm I might I might pull the clip of this video for Instagram because this was just too much fun to. Uh, hopefully, we can get this dialogue going. Too much good stuff. <laughs> too much good stuff. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. Thanks a lot for Stop. listening. Shit.